Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the book of Shmuel Aleph, that's 1 Samuel, the first book of Shmuel, and uh, we are in chapter 2, verse 22. We have just read the um, of the terrible and despicable behavior of the sons of Eli, Chafni, and Pinchas, how they abused the people when the people came to worship and celebrate at the tabernacle, how they would uh, uh, f- steal their meat and, and just push them around, up and, and they were just a bunch of thugs, and their awful behavior, and how that turned people away from God, pushed the people away from from having any interest in, in, in going to the tabernacle to celebrate. And of course, when the people that are supposed to represent God act in this way, you can imagine what kind of effect that has on the people's ability to relate to God. In a similar way, when someone who puts himself out as a religious leader acts in a despicable manner, what kind of reputation that gives religion in general. Now, we um, also learned uh, and just read that Shmuel... Uh, uh, Samuel was not, at this point a young boy who was brought by his mother Hannah, Hannah to study and be raised by Eli, Eli being the high priest. And we get a an image of Eli so far as being in general a good person himself, uh, in general a, a, a holy man, but a person that was completely out of touch and has done a very um, bad job in raising his two sons, to put, to put it mildly. And um, a, we also get the sense, you know, that that the that there were a lot of thugs, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, bad behavior going on in the area surrounding the tabernacle at this time, which is prob- which is why we, you know, Ailey thought that when Hannah came to pray that she must be just a drunkard. Now, um, with all that background, uh, we hear the following: the Ailey and Ailey. This is verse twenty-two in chapter two of Shmuel Aleph of Samuel one. The Ailey zakein maod. Ailey was very old. Vishoma, and he heard eight kol asher yasun banav lechol Yisrael. Everything that all of his son that his sons were doing to all of the people of Israel. And we're going to get the sense in this verse and in the next verse that a lot of this, a lot of what bothered Eli was what he was hearing, not so much about what was actually happening, but about the rumors that were going around. He was very concerned about how things sounded, how things seemed. We get that kind of sense. The Eitz Asher Yishkivunet Hanoshim, and and that her, his sons were lying and sleeping with the women at Sovaot Petzachol Moed that were gathering. To uh, outside the tent of meeting, outside the tabernacle, um, there, there were many women gathered there, and the rumors were about that they were um, their sons. In addition to oppressing the people in the way that was described before, uh, they were also uh, engaging in a lot of uh, sexual abuse and misbehavior among the women that came to the tabernacle. This is unfortunately kind of typical and continues to this day where you have religious leaders um, abusing their position to sexually exploit the uh, people that came. Now, it doesn't say, it didn't say before when the verses themselves described their behavior that they were engaging in this kind of sexual abuse, but um, the rumors were out there, and generally we know that when lots of people are talking about it, there's usually some truth to the rumor, but, you know, but the verse doesn't comment on whether or not specifically there's truth to the rumor, but the verse certainly says that this was what everyone was saying, and therefore the effect being that no one was interested in, um, in, uh, 
people were not interested in God. They were not interested in coming to the tabernacle, given that this is the kind of behavior that was going on there by the supposed priests. So Eli said to them, Why are you doing these kinds of things? That I am hearing bad things about you from this entire nation. In other words, the whole nation is all talking about these bad things. Why are you doing these things that I'm hearing about? Again, this emphasis on that which I am hearing. There is, uh, yes, he did criticize in Lama Tasun why you're doing them, but again, a second time, an emphasis on what he's hearing, indicating some level of criticism to Ailey for being more concerned about what he's hearing than what's happening. Albanai, don't do this anymore, my sons. Once again, these words emphasized again and again. This thing that I am hearing is not good. That which I am hearing. Again, that was the third and fourth time in just three verses that Ailey emphasizes what he's hearing. Again, emphasizing a concern for what people think as a, or what people are saying rather than what's actually happening. And then he says, Ma'avirim am Adonai. This news, which is, is it the, uh, there's various uh, ways to translate this, but I'm going to give two. One is uh, that they are passing around this news. Ha'avir is to pass around. The, the nation of God is passing around this news. They're all talking about it. Another way of Ma'avirim would be to push people away. You're pushing the nation of God away from God by acting in this manner. Because by doing these kinds of things, people aren't interested in God and in his tabernacle and in coming to worship. And then he says something interesting, which on the surface raises a tremendous question, but I, I'd like to explain what it means. Verse 25, If a man um, uh, uh, sins against a man, then God can forgive him. I'm giving you the standard translation. But if a man would sin to God, who can forgive him? That is one way of translating this, which is extremely difficult because it goes against just about everything that we learn in, in the name of the rabbis over and over again, that when a person sins against another man, one cannot turn to God and ask for pardon. One has to go and get forgiven by that other man. However, when one sins against God, one can repent and look to God and ask for forgiveness and achieve forgiveness with his proper behavior. So this seems to be the opposite of just about everything we know. So therefore, I want to explain what I, I believe it really means, and it, it, it's actually much more deep than that, and I'm going to translate as follows. Elohim here does not mean God, right? Elohim means the, the courts. And therefore, you, the proper way to read verse 25 is as follows. If one person sins against another person, so you have two people have a dispute or a fight, then the courts, they can judge between them. The courts can judge between them and decide and, and settle the dispute. You know, you owe him, you don't owe him, you give him this, you give him that, and then they go home and it's done. However, so if, if your only sin was the sin of oppression... This is what Ailey is saying. If your sin was a sin that you're oppressing the people, the, that can be adjudicated. If all it was was an argument between you and them over who gets what meat, we can adjudicate it, we can figure it out. 
However, but if your sin is against God, meaning what you are doing is you're pushing people away from God, you're not just sinning, it's not just you versus them as in any other dispute between two ordinary people. Your sinning against those people is a sin against God because you push people away from God. Now who can adjudicate something like that? Which court can fix that problem? Who can fix the problem that you have pushed people away from God? However, the, the sons, they did not listen to their father's advice at all. Because God wanted to kill them. Now, this sounds very much like um, uh, God did not want them to listen. Um, uh, 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 because God wanted to punish them. Um, and, and one uh, would question... Again, this is one of the pla- several places, most famous, of course, being Pharaoh in Egypt, where God says, I will harden his heart because I want to punish him. Now, how does that mean? How could that be that God makes this happen? And one, well, there's several ways to understand it. Um, but here, when one recognizes a, a fact that the rabbis say many times in the Talmud, that once when a person uh, sets a bad reputation in place, once a person gives sets in motion a chain of events that 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 um, one person causes another person causes another person when there's when it has to do with a bad reputation there's no way to pull it back once the cat's out of the bag or the genie's out of the bottle so to speak you can't put it back in once they set in motion this idea and this impression that the people of God are oppressive abusive uh, uh, um, you know, sexual molesters, etc. Right? It's 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 almost impossible to get that out of the bag at this point. Um, you, you, it can't be withdrawn. So and and um, anything they could have done wouldn't have saved them. But But the bottom line here is is that they did not listen to the 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 advice of their father. Uh, and another way of understanding this is when it says kichafet, doesn't necessarily mean because, but it means that. God had was desired to have them killed because of what they had done and what was necessary here for the sake of 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 saving the repu- God's so to speak reputation among the people and and the relationship between the people and God something had to be done about these people they had to go Yehanar Shmuel, however, during this time, and this, this is thrown in as a little verse of contrast, while all this is happening, there's a young boy named Shmuel, named Samuel Holech, who was going in the proper way, v'gadel, and he was growing, v'tov, and he was good. Gam imadonai, v'gam imanoshim. He was well-known and well-liked both with God and with people. We had, while all of this corruption was going on around him, Shmuel was still able to study under Eli and be raised by Eli and become a good person with God and a good person and well-liked and have a good reputation with the people. So uh, while all of this terrible thing is going on, you also have the... Um, the uh, the um, You have Shmuel... Um, uh, uh, growing the, the the salvation so to speak is, is is the seeds of salvation have already been planted verse 27 by a vote ish elohim el eli and a man of god came to eli so here we have a a a prophet who is unnamed 
rabbis uh, consider this to be uh, um, Elkanah himself, the Shmuel's father, uh, who, according to rabbinic tradition, was and was a prophet. However, uh, be that as it may, even if it was Elkanah, for whatever reason, the verse chooses to introduce him as an anonymous prophet, just a man of God. So there are men of God around, and as we'll see in the next chapter, they were rare, they were few and far between, but they still existed. love, and he said to Elias, follows, So says God, Haniglo niglesi el um, is, uh, and is is done in in a, in the form of a question, but more like a, a rhetorical question, like, have I uh, revealed myself to the house of your fathers? In other words, you, Eli, you are the high priest. You are a descendant of Aaron, the high priest. You, your family, your ancestors, uh, Aaron and his brother Moses, Moshe. I revealed myself to your father's house, right? When they were back in Egypt, Paro, um, and when they were uh, literally, this means in the house of Paro, but but the the what it means is when they were subject, when they were still enslaved to the Pharaonic dynasty, to the Pharaoh's house. And I chose him, right? Um, meaning the representatives of your family, Mikol Shivtei Yisrael, from all of the tribes of Israel, Li Kohen, and Oso is then in singular because it's referring to Aaron himself. Remember, Aaron was the spokesman, right, of, the, of, the, of, of Moses. He was the spokesman who spoke to Pharaoh and, 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 and conveyed Moshe's, uh, Moses' message to, Paro, to Pharaoh. Mikol Shivtei Yisrael, Li Kohen, I made him into a priest, that he should go up on my altar to burn the incense and to carry an aphod. An aphod is the apron and it seems that the, there was a lot of focus on this aphod as a representation, as a garment being worn um, before God. And I gave to your father's house, in other words, Aaron's house and his descendants, all of the portions of the of the um, Ishe, meaning the fire offerings, meaning the sacrifices of the people of Israel. I gave portions of all of this this to your family. So, in other words, you were supposed to represent me. Your entire family was supposed to represent me going back in generations. And as a reward, you had a portion. Remember, the sin of Chafni and Pinsachas, of, of, of Eli's sons, was that they, that wasn't enough for them. They went and, and to, took away, ripped away from families sitting and celebrating. They took their meat away and forced them to give them to them because it wasn't enough, their portion in the tabernacle. Why is it that you are, are trampling or stomping on my... On my sacrifices and on the mincha, which are the are the grain offerings, I shared tzivisi ma'on that I have commanded. I commanded people to come to the tabernacle and bring them here, <coughs> so that they should sit with their families and eat here. But et many, and you Eli, and here you have the man of God conveying God's words to Eli, saying, Eli, you have honored your sons more than you've honored me. Now, we have not yet seen explicitly that Eli himself was um, 
as far as we've seen until now, Eli did rebuke his sons. Eli himself seemed to have been a good person, while his sons were the ones that were off on the wrong path. However, it's important to note that what we mentioned before, Eli was much more concerned about his reputation, much more concerned about how his family looked. And that's what it means here. That's the criticism. You gave more honor to your children, to your family, than you gave honor to me. If you really honored me, God is, is telling him here through the prophet, you would have really admonished your sons. You would have rejected them. You would have thrown them out by this time. But instead, you haven't. It was more important to your reputation than my honor. Right? You have um, the, uh, uh, taken yourselves, you have made yourselves fat. Right? Uh, is the language of bari, which often means uh, uh, fat. Um, we saw that in the story of Eglon back in the book of Judges. Right? Ish bari ma'od. Right? So, mereshit, from the, the, the best of all of the Israelites' offerings, right? Uh, of my nation, you have made yourselves fat by taking it away from them. Here God is pointing his finger at Eli, even though it wasn't Eli himself doing it, it was Eli's sons, but God is pointing his finger at Eli. Therefore, so says God, the Lord of Israel, I have said, I have said, when it's repeated, it's saying, I have really said it, and this is, you know, in a strong way, your family and your family the family of your entire uh, father's house. In other words, all of your relatives, they will, they will continue to serve before me forever. Um, I'm sorry. Um, means they are supposed to, they were meant to um, stand before me forever and, 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 and lead before me forever. But now, says God, Now, the best translation I saw for this is, far be it from me, or uh, uh, because I, with those that actually honor me, I will give honor to Uvozai, and those that abuse me and push me away, they shall be brought down from their high horse. They shall be brought down. The day will come. I am going to break your strength, your power. It literally means your arm, but arm as a symbol for strength. And the arm, the power of your father's house. There shall never be a zakain, an elderly uh, leader, a respectable leader in your house will not happen anymore. Like, uh, the simple meaning is is that Ailey's Ailey's uh, section of uh, you know uh, his uh, because there were other priestly families that were also descendants of Aaron that were uh, cousins in various level of of Ailey would end up taking over the leadership. Although this is also to some degree also seen as a hint that that when the high priesthood, which was the religious leadership, showed corruption. Right, God is really saying it's Rabbi Savicha, your father's house, just like before your father's house meant the house of the priesthood of the of which goes all the way back to Aaron. Remember, this was a time when there was no king in Israel, there was no political leadership. 
the leadership of the people, the centralized leadership, the only centralized leadership that there was was the religious leadership. But once the religious leadership has become corrupt, God is saying, I'm taking the power away from you and I'm going to make a political power that's beyond the, the priesthood. And, and, and that's the theme of this book is the establishment of a king, the establishment of a political branch, another form of centralized leadership that will take over from the high priesthood. The high priesthood, which at this point was serving as the only centralized leadership. So God is really saying that I'm taking it away from the priests forever. And you will, um, uh, uh, you are going to stand aside and look with, with, uh, with uh, um, um, grudging eyes, with jealous eyes all, at all of the treasure. You're going to see as Israel grows and grows strong and powerful and wealthy, and all of the good that's going to happen to the people of Israel, but there will never be a leader in your house any longer. Your house will continue. You'll keep going, but you're going to watch as the strength and power is accrued to someone else. I will um, from you and from your house, God points to, to this is not Beis Avicha, not Father's house, but you and those that come from you, I will not um, take your children away from the service in the temple, um, but rather in order to, um, to uh, make your eyes uh, uh, um, desperate and to make your souls uh, uh, suffer and everything that that everyone that grows in your home every young man that grows will die as young men they're never going to grow old they're always going to die young and this is the sign that the proof of that what I'm saying is correct that that is going to happen to your two sons, Chafni and Pinchas, they are both going to die. So that will be this, when you see that they're both going to die on the same day, that will be proof that what you're hearing now is actually a prophecy of God and that my promise to you for the entire future, all successive generations coming from you will be this way. So we see, number one, the whole idea that Beis Avicha, the house of the priesthood, is going to lose an immense amount of its power because of their abuse of religious authority. <laughs> and also we see a specific promise to, uh, to Eli himself uh, uh, that, that, that his descendants will remain priests, but they're going to die young, they will never grow old, and they will never achieve that level of zikna, that level of leadership that that only age can bring and instead I am going to establish a trustworthy priest one who will do that which I want God says uh, uh, in my heart and my soul God saying the kind of person that's going to worship me the way it's appropriate I will build for him a trustworthy house this is, it's no longer going to be a tabernacle, but it's going to be an established temple. And he will go before my Mashiach, my anointed one, a hint to the king that's going to come, the anointed one being 
the, the, the political leadership, he will always go before him, call him in for the remaining days. So God is establishing here that the leadership will be taken away from the priesthood family completely and there will be a Mashiach, an anointed king established. And everyone who... Uh, all the who remains from your house he says to Eli from the, those of your descendants lo, you will come to him the high priest who serves me properly or this could also be a reference to the Mashiach to the king the high priest will always be at the behest uh, or the, this could mean the descendants of Eli are always at the behest of the other high priest who's appropriate, or it could mean all of the priests will always be at the behest of the political leadership just to get a little money, and a little bread. And he will say, please give me one of the, the uh, priestly um, functions so that I can get a little to eat. I need the temple, I need a little to eat, so give me some job to do here in this temple so I can have a little to eat. Um, we get here the, the clear sense and clear idea, this concludes chapter 2, of, of, of what could happen of, of, of what to a priesthood, to a religious leader, when he or she abuses their position and, and uses it for their own gain. Uh, unfortunately, this is an idea, something that plays out over and over and over again throughout our history um, and eventually of course leads to a people straying from God in general and and it leads to the um, downfall of course of those who who act in such despicable ways thank you so much for studying chapter 2 of the first book of Samuel looking forward to studying chapter 3 and the rest of the book of Samuel together <laughs>